Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Lombardi Line, VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Michael Lombardi there. I'm Patrick Maher here, where you can see there's a ton of action. I don't know what they're doing, whether it's a poker tournament or a bowling tournament here. I think it was you, Michael Lombardi, at the South Point that told me there was a bowling alley, which I didn't even realize. There is a bowling alley there. Are you gonna are you gonna rip it up when you come? Are you a good bowler? Uh, no, no, I'm not. Yeah, not at all. Been, me neither. It's never Millie's a great bowler. Really? She can bowl. She's, oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. That's it's always good, you know, go out there. It's I'm fun. Sure you can hit the lanes, Patrick. Yeah, they it's, got all that and they got that movie theater up there. Are they still is there anything good playing out? Like is there any good movie theater movies out? That's what I it you know what I always think now, I just think what's what series, what's streaming? I never think of movies. Harry the way Potter. that Harry Potter, that that's what it is, um, and he's a sorcerer, so he he puts spells on you. Kyler Murray does the same thing. That is a terrible transition. Let me ask you this question: Since you've read a gentleman in Moscow, yes, did you read did you read the uh, rules of rules of uh, civility? I have not. That's good. Uh, that's Tolles' first book, and then what his we're talking book. about is Gentleman in Moscow, which is a great novel. I don't know, maybe six or seven years ago, written by. Uh, Tolls, who is a tremendous modern-day uh, author. Go ahead. Incredible. And then he's just written The Lincoln Highway, which is about this road that apparently would travel from east to west, uh, west to east, uh, that, that people took. And it's about kids. It's a different, it's a different kind of uh, style than he wrote the, the last two books. But my question is, when you finish Gentlemen in Moscow, as I'm reading this, I'm thinking, are they going to make this into a movie? has to be a movie. Well, you think so? Oh. I mean, it's so self-contained. Can you, if somebody creative gets a hold of it. I think it'd be a wonderful it, play. It could be an incredible play, right? You could see this on Broadway as easy as anything, right? Yeah, I just think if somebody creative gets a hold of it and they cast the right count as far as actors, mm. I think it could be an incredible movie. I think it sets up perfectly for the stage. And the author, by the way, Amir Tolls, who was a guy that worked on Wall Street, Speaking about following your passions, he worked on Wall Street, always wanted to be a writer, and just decided to take the jump. He was very successful, and he is not a good writer. He's an incredible no, writer. He's, he's beyond anything I've ever read in my life. I mean, he's a, I, I used to think John Irving was incredible, and, and certainly Thomas Wolfe. You know, I love those, and 
you know, reading some of the great books, David Halberstam, the way he wrote yes. so eloquently, Robert Caro. But this man's on a whole other level in terms of his creativity and his ability to draw comparisons to and to what you what he's telling you and so you can visualize it with such detail. It's incredible. And by the way, Halberstam, he wrote one of the great books of all time, The Breaks of the Game. Remember yeah. following the Trailblazers in 7980, right. I believe it was. So Dr. Jack Ramsey. Dr. Right? So Jack. Dr. I think I think Jack McKinney, who's in that ridiculously off the wall, everybody suing HBO, a Lakers show because they're misrepresenting everything. I mean, Jerry West. Jerry West see, is suing through. because of the portrayal. Of course he is. What? What? Didn't you expect that to happen? I mean, if you were watching that, didn't you think it was going to well, happen? They portrayed I mean, they, they him. They made as, him out to be a They portrayed man. him as a perverted booze hound that had sex with women during the games. Like they made him, they, they turned a legend and the logo into a laughing stock. I'd be pissed too. Wouldn't you? I, I, I would too. I mean, if they don't have any evidence to support what they're doing, how could they, I could see if they changed his name to West Jerry and try to make you know, like that's what people typically do, right? They change your name. Yeah. They took anyway. some, they took some liberties. Anyway, that was fun. Not fair for Jerry. I, I do to your point. Great for the stage. If they do it right, I think Gentlemen could be a great movie. Now, it mm -hmm. plays with your mind, that book, and so does Kyler. I'm still trying to find a transition to Kyler Murray. He's weird. He is he a weird person. He plays with your mind. Now, yesterday, uh, Kime, the general manager, man, he, he says there's zero chance he's going to be traded. And then Bidwell, the owner, said, yeah, that's not going to happen. We have the response Kyler Murray on Twitter, on social, where he scrubbed the team, remember, he replied to Kime saying zero chance with the hundred emoji, which means that's what's up. He then said, AZ is home. I want to win Super Bowls with the Cardinals. So the Murray saga continues, to say the least. Well, I mean, look, I said it on the podcast, and I was talking to some teams this week. And, and Murray has expressed interest in trying to get out. There's no denying that. I mean, obviously, could it be for another contract? Perhaps. He's going to want to get paid. All this window dressing, all this window dressing around, he's in, he's out, I want, I don't. The fundamental question that has to get asked here is, would you pay him $45 million? Would you pay him forty six? Because Kime and, and Bidwell could say they want him back. That's not relevant. That's not relevant at all. Do you want to pay him? Are you willing to pay this player 46, 47, 48 million? Are you willing to go through another season where he gets hurt midway because some big guy lands on this little body, as Buddy Ryan once said, and you're going to pay him? I mean, that's the fundamental question. And what I tried to answer on the pod was for me, I don't want to pay him. And if I see Deshaun Watson making all these, getting all these draft picks and I see Russell Wilson, maybe I would be inclined if I got the right offer. To trade him. Now, I got two years to get the right offer. I got two years. He's got, to, he's got to play this year, and I could tag him next year. Right. So I got to stay firm. So I'm not saying I'm going to trade him for a, just to dump him. I'm not desperate. I'm going to listen and hear. But I'm also going to be calculating enough to know what quarterback I could replace him for. Meanwhile, I would side Baker. I would trade for Baker Mayfield, bring him in, and have at least have somebody here, not, that, not named Colt McCoy, that I feel like I could win with. May I ask you the rush from Murray, and this may be a dumb question, but wouldn't he rather see what the market looks like in two years, which goes up exponentially every single year and get paid two years from now and just continue to play on that rookie deal? His market's not going to change, Patrick. Mahomes is in. 
That's you know, that's Mahomes true. is in. Rodgers is in. They're already in the books. So every day he waits to get his new deal, he's losing interest. Gotcha. He's losing interest on his money. He doesn't need the CBA to go up to get his coin. It's the same thing with Debo. Like, what receiver hasn't gotten paid? This is why we're seeing such a sense of urgency to get paid now is because there's no other player out there going to get paid. It's not wait your turn. I know I have to wait my turn, but there's the money. Give it to me, and I earned it. And so I think that's where it is. But to me, come back. You didn't answer my question. Are you going to pay this guy? I'm not. Because because here's the thing, depreciating asset as far as once the skills erode and his skill is running the football and his quickness, he he becomes completely mitigated because he's not a pocket passer. So as you continue with Murray and the injuries add up, I'm just being frank, he becomes less valuable. There's no doubt about that. No denying that. That's completely well said. That was Omar Toll's written perfectly. (laughs) The point here is this, though. Like, what are you going to do? Like, what do you, like, how do you, so I don't care what Kime and Bidwell say. I mean, if they're not watching the same tape I'm watching, like, can we, can you honestly say you can win a championship with Kyler Murray? Can you say that? I don't, I can't say that forcefully, no. I can't either. Now, could something change? I don't know. Like, I'm worried he's going to get hurt. Just like I'm worried Matt Corral would get hurt. Just like I'm worried other guys, you, you worry about players getting hurt because past performance predicts future achievement. And they've gotten hurt in the past. So for me, I, I, don't, I don't see – I mean, I get why they're saying they're not going to trade him. That's a position. That's not a reality. There's certain things you have to do as a general manager. You've got to take a position. doesn't mean it's the truth. You know what else isn't the truth? How about this? You see what Patrick Peterson and Chase Edmonds, two former Cardinals, said about the Cardinals and Murray in the situation? They said they haven't put him in a position to consistently win. They've only fortified what's around him since he got there, including getting potentially, you know, the top three receiver in all of football. Yeah, I mean, I do agree a little bit with what they're saying, though, in this sense. That offensive line is a disaster. And I don't think they've done a good job of giving him a really good offensive line. I, I think they use super glue out there. I think they're constantly mixing and ma- – I mean, they brought A.J. Green back. I mean, like – A.J. Green, I love A.J. Green. Great player, right? I mean, like, what is he going to do? Like, he couldn't really make enough plays. And so they still have Kelvin Beecham at right right tackle, right? Josh Jones was a disaster last year for him. Now, they signed Will Hernandez from the Giants. They better hope he steps up. You know, they got two ex-New York Giant offensive linemen in their offensive line. What does that tell you? So... It's a kind problem, then. It's a general manager problem, then. Can we start pointing to the obvious? I I mean, it it really, look at their starting lineup. Look at their starting lineup. You know, I mean, they rarely get guys from the draft. I mean, Buda Baker's a good player. They get him from the draft. Is Byron Murphy a good player, the second-round pick? I don't know. You know, they're trying to make Isaiah Simmons into somebody they're not. I mean, all these other guys that they've gotten, look at their offense. Hopkins in a trade. Okay, Randall Moore might be a good player. You know, the offensive line basically has all just been guys that they picked up. Zach Ertz they picked up. Like, Max Williams they picked up. Like, where are we going with this? Like, where is the infusion of young talent on this team to go along with Murray? James Conner we pick up, you know? But it is, it, it. It, it, it is, to your original point, it is precarious. And this is why you as a front office exec and the Cardinals are staring down a really legitimate 
odd question, and that is what to do. If you don't believe long-term, you don't have an answer short-term better than Murray right now, and there's two years left on the rookie deal with a petulant player. It's a, it's a very dicey situation. Well, it's basically, it's a polygate. Everybody's asking the wrong question. Are you going to, you know, is he going to get a new contract? The question is, are you willing to pay him $45 million? That's the question. Like, somebody go to Steve Kimes. Steve, are you willing to pay this guy $45 million over five years, guaranteeing almost all of it? Are you ready to do that? Michael Bidwell, are you ready to do that? I mean, your father wouldn't be. <laughs> I can promise you that. Billy wouldn't have been. Like, there's no chance. That's the question. And that's why there's so much. That's why... Kyler loves to hear that because I don't think if Kyler was in the open market, nobody would be willing to give him that contract today. Talk about hitting the lottery. I, why, my dad was a postal employee, not an NFL team owner. I wish I was Michael. But imagine. You know the Bidwell story? It's an incredible story. Well, can, incredible we get story. It, can we get it coming back with some NBA yeah, picks? Come back, whatever okay. you want. Yeah. <laughs> Do that next here at Lombardi Line. But I love my dad. He's a great guy, but you could own a team or two. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finish. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Coming up this Sunday at 6 p.m., we've got a special draft preview show. Tim Murray, Sean King are going to break down first round prospects and props, of course. Fabulous Vegas. That's where the draft is. Coming up, experts include Brent Musburger and Michael Lombardi. You can just stop there, and that's good enough. But we've got more NFL lineman and TV host Michael Golick and his son. VSIN draft preview special is this Sunday, 6 p.m., exclusively on VSIN. Don't forget to get the draft guide, which is 10 bucks. But again, you can go over there right now, check out different options, including MLB picks, NBA picks, the draft guide, MLB guide, hockey picks, and more. Okay, we've got the games to cap, but I do want to finish up we were talking about Kyler Murray and the Bidwell family long time remember when I was growing up they weren't they were the Phoenix the Cardinals yeah. remember uh, and then well, they originally were the they really were the Chicago Cardinals that's right because 
Charlie Bidwell, the 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 originator of the of the team, was also part owner of the Chicago Bears. And when they wanted us to have two teams in Chicago, Charlie made them the Cardinals. They called him Charlie Blue Shirt uh, Bidwell because he always wore a blue shirt. And so he kind of got that nickname. And then he died suddenly at a very young age at 51, and his wife took over the team. And then his other, his one son, Charlie Jr., he wanted to take the racetracks, and he went into the racetracks. And then Billy went into the, owned the football team. And then when they were going through a, a kind of a dispute over the will, and they had to go to a court, uh, then that's when the two brothers found out that they were adopted. Oh, my gosh. In the courtroom. Yeah, in the courtroom, they found out that's when they found out they were adopted. And it became very traumatic, obviously. But, but then Billy owned the team, and, sh- and then he moved the team from Chicago because during this period, they were playing at Comiskey, and nobody was playing at Soldier Field. People forget this. Everybody thought they were, you know, the Bears played. In, in, I mean, Gail Sayers was running on Wrigley Field until, I think, 1970. The, the end zone at Wrigley Field wasn't even regulation size, hmm. Right. Wasn't even regulation size, so they were they were still playing there. They needed he needed to get another he needed to get another uh, venue. So that's when he took the team to St. Louis, and then they played at Memorial Stadium. Remember in the '70s, everybody had those same looking stadiums: Veteran Stadium, Memorial yeah. Stadium, Riverfront, all of them. That's what they played. And then when they couldn't get a new stadium, they moved to Phoenix. And we're called the Phoenix Cardinals, and then rebranded. I'm guessing over over 20 years ago now to Arizona. And then, so hit, so they found out in court that they were that is that's fascinating. Found out they yep. were adopted, and then his son, now Michael Bidwell, is the owner, and that's where we start with Bidwell saying, "Yeah, that's not going to happen." Trading Kyler Murray, so that is that's a great story. That's a great connection there. Um, and by the way, a great yeah. it, it, it's one of those markets that is a little slept on, but. They they love that Cardinal team in in Phoenix. They it's a they're it's a great football town for the pro team. It really is. You know, it used to be an incredible an incredible college football town. One of the reasons Phoenix got the the Cardinals was because of Arizona State. And if you remember uh, Arizona State with the great Frank Cush, there's another guy who came into pro football, couldn't do it. Had a long, long history of success. John, John, McVay, John McKay, USC, going from college to pro. But Frank Cush was in, was in Baltimore and it, when he came in. But the Arizona State football team was very good during the day. And there were fans everywhere, and they came from all over. And I think this Cardinal team, when they first moved to Phoenix and were playing at Arizona State Stadium, there was a lot of visiting visiting teams in the stands. It was kind of, because, let's face it, the whole Phoenix metropolitan area is a great retirement area. A lot of people, a lot of Bear fans move from Chicago there, but they have now won over the community. I mean, they've made the Super Bowl, you know, and so they even haven't won it, but they've kind of done that. So, They've done a good job with that. So, and we shall see what happens with Murray. Uh, I again, I, I think one thing with Murray, and this is not, this is just me outside looking in. I think you're always going to have to deal with a bit of an odd personality, and I'm trying to be as yeah. kind as possible. So, you really are. Oftentimes, being kind. I mean, you don't know what you're going to get. He doesn't endear himself to his teammates. You know, he doesn't endear himself to his teammates. He did, his body language is horrible. You know, but I mean, forgetting all that, if you can get past that, which I have a hard time getting past, but I'm having a harder time getting past of the same thing. I mean, we're talking about, you know, Russell Wilson's a difference. You know, he's Drew Brees and Russell Wilson are kind of different. You know, although Russell's not running as much, which has made him not as effective. But, you know, Drew Brees was still effective. 
these shorter quarterbacks from the pocket, you know, everybody thinks because one does it, the next one can do it. You know, Fran Tarkenden did it, so so everybody. But there's so many of them that don't. You know, Steve Young could, but then there weren't. And I think we're getting caught up in that a little bit. It's like, I don't understand it. Malik Willis can't throw a touchdown pass against a Power 5 team, but yet even though he's six feet tall, it's not a problem. Baker Mayfield's played in the league. He's six feet tall. He's too short. So define that. Explain that logic to me. Well, and even I mean, St- Baker Mayfield was a much better collegiate player than Malik Willis ever hoped to be. Oh, not even you can't even compare them. <laughs> and and to your point about the size, remember Steve Young showed up when you picked him up at the airport with cowboy yeah. boots on. He was trying to get and extra height on. and lips <laughs> on his feet. You know, like I could take you in the low post and score twenty off you. You know, you're wearing those highs. My question for you, as a as a former Heat culture guy, and still a Heat culture guy, is what changes? Two double digit wins in Miami, and I'll I'll start here. So I think betters might be surprised to see Miami. They just dominated, and you look at at, at the metrics in Game Two. I mean, they held the Hawks to less than thirty percent shooting from three. They turned them over nineteen times. So this has been dominant as far as Butler dropping forty five. Here's the issue: if you are going to bet. Miami laying two and a half in Atlanta. The Hawks over the past three months, Michael, they're 20 and three at home. They've been awesome at home. And also I do believe because they're up 2-0. now Bam may give it a go. He played 23 minutes in game two, but if he sits, that's a big miss. You know, Markeith Morris is questionable. PJ Tucker is questionable, but Bam and that home court for the Hawks, there is something there. If you're looking to back the Hawks. Yeah, I mean, they don't play as effectively on the road, but I think this is a kind of team when you watch them play, you know, you, know, you see them with such uh, ability to be, even if it's not going well, they have an ability to kind of dig deeper, and their defense can stop them, obviously with Bam not in there. It, for, for Atlanta to win, I mean, let's be clear here, for Atlanta to win, what Wes Reynolds said, I think, is so perfectly said. Atlanta, they're go, he's going to have Trey Young's got to play his best game. There's no denying that. I mean, that's I know that sounds very simplistic, but as Dr. John said, it's a simplistic game, mm-hmm. and they've got to play better. And their defense, you know, has got to be able to play at a higher level. I mean, right now they're you know the points per possession, they're 26th. E field goal percentage, they're 24th in the league against a team that's shooting the ball really well in the E field goal. Miami's fifth in the league in E field goal percentage. So every stat that you look at, Miami, when you look at what they do offensively and then you look at what they do defensively, it becomes a real hard game. I mean, Atlanta's points per possession in the half court was the number one team in the NBA, which you would think would translate himself into, into, into being really good. The problem is... The problem is Miami's defense is really good. They're the fifth-best half-court defense in the league, and they're the fifth-best off stopping you from offensive rebounding. And Atlanta misses that rim protection from Capella. That You saw that in games one and Who's two. Who's in these numbers. Yeah. Right, he's in these numbers. It, the, the That's wide what makes open, the numbers so hard. Yeah, the wide-open lanes to the basket without Capella there anchoring the defense. That's, I mean, Butler was as good as I've ever seen him getting to the hoop. You're not getting to the hoop if Capella's standing there the way he he generally no. protects the rim. So that that's and, a huge. And you're miss. going, and you're going down there with with a reckless abandon. You're going down there with a purpose, right? You're not worried about it. You know, when you're going down there and Capella's in there, you're worried. What am I going to do? I got to get to the right hand. And look, you know, Atlanta. Atlanta has always been a really good three-point shooting team, long, middle, three-point. I mean, they're the third-best team in the league in that category. They're also the best team in the league in corner threes. But once again, 
once again, where Miami is good defending all these areas. Oh, Miami's yeah. the best three-point defending team in the NBA. It's a really hard matchup for them. It's a really hard matchup. Yeah, like I said, they held them to less than 30% from three in game two. How about this? The Heat have now played Atlanta six times this year. They're five and one, and the average margin of victory, 11 points. So uh, they're laying one and a half to two tonight. And by the way, that one this loss is... was without Lowry or Hero. Right. I mean, again, Miami, rest of their guys. I mean, look, uh, the line, wh- what's the line now? Is it two? Uh, let's it just down? call it, it's, let's call it one and a half. Yeah, it might go to two. I, I mean, to me, if it's a pick em, everybody's going to go on Miami. I just feel like, uh, excuse me, Atlanta, th- if this game is close, I think if this game is close, I think that, that that becomes a real problem for Atlanta down the stretch. You know, if they take because they're going to take Trey Young out of the game. Where is the ball going to Bogdanovich? I mean, who's going to make the play that they have to make? Again, their last 23 at home, they are 20 and three. Now, Bam is not out. He is a game time decision. I want to be very clear. He played only 23 minutes in game two, and he was not himself. So that is my, my question about Bam tonight would be, you got a 2-0 series lead. They may try to steal a rest game. Yep. You know what I'm trying to say? But it, No, the, I got it. The, I, I think so. Now, look, before we go, Robert Williams, I just read this. He's rumored to maybe be coming back sooner rather than later. That's going to be huge. If they get Robert Williams back for Saturday. The Nets are done. That, that all of a sudden now we're adding more size to a problem already. Yeah, because like you said yesterday, the Nets are small as all. I mean, they're just small. And when Drummond's in there, it they're ineffectual. So it's it, they're they're in a tough spot. That's an that's an on Mark Holes word there. <laughs> shout shout to the gentleman. We're coming back with Josh. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Lombardi Line VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. We're presented by BetMGM. He's Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. Josh Applebaum joins us. Market Insights, betting across America. Market Insights, by the way, along with all of our podcasts, VSEN.com/podcast. We say hi to Josh, and we'll start. We'll just kind of back up to move forward. Takeaways from last night. The 90% handle, 90% money all over the Warriors and really not a line move completely terrified me. And then the Nuggets taking the lead in the third, outscoring them big time terrified me. But Golden State's pedigree came through there in the fourth. That's one, right, Josh? It really is. And guys, it's great to be with you, Patrick and Michael. Remember when Pedro Martinez got lit up by the Yankees and he said, I tip my cap, call the Yankees my daddy. Was a contrarian better? I tip my cap to the public, <laughs> call the public my daddy on that one. Because, uh, again, you thought at one point uh, Jokic, you know, scored a bucket to put him up there late. Yep. But really Golden State, you know, again, I think the, the line was probably perfect, you know, for a reason here. It looked really low. But in the end, hey, the better team won out. So, again, public, uh, you know, really raked in that one. Odds makers took a hit. But overall, guys, favorites 2-1 ATS yesterday. The big upset was obviously uh, the Mavericks without Doncic. And uh, Brunson was injured there for a brief time. Win 126-118. You look at a lot of these series prices now. Uh, they're getting really close in this one, especially with the Mavericks and the Jazz. But also, guys, uh, favorites now 18-8 and eight against the spread, 69%. So it's been a chalky playoffs in general. Straight up, just winning the game if you're a favorite. 21-5 and five straight up. 81%. If you have a line move in your favor as a favorite, maybe go, you know, minus one to minus two or minus five to minus six, whatever it may be. Those, uh, those teams are now 10 and three against the spread 77%. The only surprise last night, guys, it's been a really, really good under playoff so far. You did have overs go two and one. What really surprised me was the Mavs jazz total because it got all the way up to two, 10 and a half at one point. 
And then you saw a late move to the under all the way to 207. But again, they flew over. So if you stick with, stayed with that original play of the over, it cashed for you. But the big thing, guys, we have a new favorite to win the NBA title. We now have Golden State plus 280. Uh, they've le uh, leapfrogged here over Phoenix. Phoenix and Boston now second best odds at plus 500. Miami plus 700. Milwaukee plus 800. So overall, favorites continue to roll. A little bit of overs. Uh, a couple overs came through last night, which was surprising because unders have done so well. What is uh, what are what are Michael's 76ers on the title odds? By the way, did you what did you think of his buck, uh, bucking Bronco celebration? Do you know what I mean, Michael? After he hit that three, he kind of did. He was doing like a bucking Bronco back to the bench. And Doc just calling up two wonderful plays at the end of the game, uh, right? End of regulation, fadeaway three, and then that three-pointer was the uh, anyway. Well, the, 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 the funny thing about the here. play, the, yeah, to get me going. I mean, the play before when they don't call timeout and they bring the ball up and they almost turn the ball over, right? And which was really fascinating about that play at the end of the game in, in overtime was when it started, they were guarding Danny Green on the inbound pass. I think it was Van Fleet. He was guarding him on the inbound pass. And you see Nurse coming off to the sideline, and Nurse is screaming to Van Fleet to not, not guard the inbound player, like to be the extra, go, go five on four. And they ran the, a play that I guess everybody runs during this, you know, through and they picking it and, and, and actually they end up picking Van Fleet and that's how they get that shot off. But I it made it an easier throw for Danny Green to throw the ball because there's nobody interfering with them. Let's throw Michael, here's a look at line movement as far as the NBA odds where they open, where they sit now. Josh, what is Philly sitting right now as far as championship odds? So just looked it up. They're plus 450 to win the East. Uh, they're plus 1,000 to win the NBA title. So uh, this is a team that, again, Celtics have a big move here. Obviously, Golden State, you're feeling like they're the old Golden State again. But, Michael, what do you think? Uh, how do you handicap uh, the 76ers here? Do you think at plus 1,000 there's some value on that, that uh, price to win the title? Well, I mean, look, you know, you got to take a shot somewhere. It's a hell of a price. I mean, you know, look at the Celtics. They opened up 4,000 or down to 500. I mean, you got to take it. I like the Celtics still at 500. I think they're, I think this is going to be the wear and tear of, of this is going to be really difficult. I don't know if the Bucks can do it without Middleton. I think they're injured too hard to go through that. The Warriors, to me, seem like the team that the way they're playing with their, their, the way they have it going, I think it's going to be hard to beat them. Can Philly beat the Warriors? I don't think so. Could Philly beat Boston? I think that's going to be hard. So that's how I'm looking at it. What's the buzz right now in New England on the Celtics? Are they into this team? Like, they're not going to be into this team like they were into the Larry. Like, when I was growing up, the Bird Celtics, you know, 86, 87, somewhere in there, was just probably the best team I ever saw. But it, where does this team compare to, like, the KG Paul Pierce as far as, you know, just love there in the city, Josh? Yeah, so it's rising every single day. And, you know, what's, what's ironic or funny is if you live in New England, like, you know, if a team loses the Red Sox or in a, a downstretch or the Bruins or the Patriots, you know, haven't had much of that with the Pats. They've been so great for so long. But people get really riled up. They get, you know, mad. They get, uh, you know, furious with their team. Celtics fans, there's this thing where they're always happy. I think it's from the 80s and how, you know, great they've done historically. They never really never get down on them. It's always, you know, uh, the joke is it's always, you know, like sunshine at the garden with Celtics fans. But I think this team, they're really exciting the city right now just because the way they're playing, the, the way they're playing defense and uh, winning these games against Brooklyn, obviously it has only gotten them, you know, more popularity throughout the, uh, throughout the city. And really, guys, you know, Celtics Warriors, really it's trending in that direction. If we got that final, you know, West Coast, East Coast, uh, that would be a hell of a series. Do you think Kyrie I, I, may end up moving there after his career is done? Because he seems to have a good affinity for the, the <laughs> Oh, he loves it here, yeah. <laughs> hey, buddy, bay, I, yeah how about him just dropping bay. the bird 
And like they're showing it on. T- I like it because it adds drama. But I'll tell you what, he was shook. He was so he was Michael. He was so good in game one, but he pulled himself himself out in game two. I do feel like it adds up. Four seventeen from the field. He's very emotional. Yeah, I I think the volume of these games kind of where I mean, guys aren't you know? I mean, look, it just gets to you at some point. You're playing back to back. You're playing it. There's no rest in these games. You know, you could say, well, he played the regular season. Yeah, but we all know the regular season doesn't look anything like what we're watching. That's the challenge. I asked that to to Amal yesterday. Like, if you're if you're Adam Silver and you're in the networks and you're saying, wait a minute, I get this product now and I get that product and you want me to pay the same? Like seriously, like what 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 are we doing here? And I think I love hoops, but it's it's so dramatically different. It's so hard to really quantify. You, you they're giving you a level C performance during the regular season. Until that changes, it's going to be hard to generate the kind of fandom that we saw. Because when Magic was playing and Bird was playing and all those, those guys gave you eight performances in the regular season. There was no tanking off or there was no rest. There was none of that. 100%. And I think there's a little too much. I understand they expect the bounce back at home, Josh, from Brooklyn. You take a look. So Boston game two closed three and a half. You've now got, what, a six-point move the other way. The Nets are sitting three and a half. So there's a lot of respect to the Nets right now when it seems like a team that's overmatched here. It does, and we all know how series can really change guys going from home to road. So looking at this game, you know, upcoming for tomorrow, primetime game, 7.30 p.m. It really hasn't moved off of the three and a half. So I'm looking across the board, BetMGM DraftKings, about 75% of bets are playing the Nets. I think with the Nets, you know, they could lose or get swept, and I think the public will go down swinging with them just because the love for these star players and the way you respect, obviously, you know, Durant. Uh, and, and Kyrie. Also keep in mind Simmons, again, big question mark here, but he's targeting game four as a return. I believe that game is on Monday. Will he make a bit of an impact? We'll, we shall see. Robert Williams is traveling. Uh, I expect him to still kind of miss this series based on his timetable, but you may see Williams if this thing you know goes further. But as of now, guys, Celtics are in a contrarian spot. They're up 2-0. They're getting three and a half here on the road. That total did fall a little bit. I think it was a 223 and a half down to 223. But if the Celtics remain getting 30% of bets, and you have a line freeze at three and a half. It's hard not to take the three and a half with Boston, even though, again, a lot can change between now and tomorrow. You, you know, the one thing I, I, I think that you, when we watch this, I, I think we forget Phoenix was up to two love of Milwaukee last year. Yep. I think there's two love, two oh, three. They're different two levels of two oh. I, I fully think that the Nets can come back. I think the the betters, the, the house does too, because they're not, these are guys that are used to playing when it's hard. And I think they'll keep challenging it. And they've had leads on Brooklyn, on, on Boston, haven't been able to maintain it. I, I don't think this one's is over. I, I think this, we'll see a good performance out of Brooklyn Saturday. Josh, the theme tonight, the middle game there with the Bucks, no Middleton. And then the late game tonight, no Booker with the Suns. That's kind of the theme overall of the three tonight in the association. It really is. So huge injuries are the theme, Patrick, but also just from a data-driven standpoint, super lopsided games tonight. I mean, look at across the board. To me, as a contrarian, you're either really excited or really scared about tonight because you love some of these plays. Like, for example, the Atlanta Hawks, they have some sharp movement in their favor. They open getting two and a half. They're down to one and a half. The Hawks down 0-2. They're desperate. Remember, they're night and day home and road. I don't know if it's the wings or the, the you know the nightlife down there, guys, but they're 27 and 14 at home. They're only 16 and 25 on the road. So they've been really good at home. They're only getting 22% of bets, yet the line is dropping in their favor. 
Bucks Bulls, same thing. Even though you're missing Middleton, Bucks are getting 77% of bets, only 23% on the Chicago Bulls. Then you go to the late game, Suns Pelicans, 80% of bets on the Suns. Pelicans had to move in their favor, though, getting plus two and a half down to plus two. So I think the theme of the night, guys, is super, super short numbers where it's like, how on earth do I not take these favorites at such a low number? And I think after last night, you know, what Golden State did at that short number, I think you're going to get so much public love for these favorites. Keep an eye out for these dogs. To me, I'm playing all three dogs tonight. Pretty much every single one's only getting 20% of bets. You rarely see that. Josh got wild when he was in Vegas the last time. Did you go to the mm-hmm. club and get some chicken wings or what? Uh, Patrick, I passed out at like 10 o'clock out there. I got to pace myself next time. No, I you sat next to me and you were perspiring. You were, I mean, <laughs> that was that was a rough look for Apple. Turn, turn the AC up, Patrick. I'm <laughs> no, dying over here. It had nothing to do with AC. <laughs> I assure you, it had everything to do with IPAs. Josh, enjoy it. Good luck tonight. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it, guys. Good luck. We're coming back. back. Lombardi line. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, you got a credit card, you get rewards. It's a loyalty program. Well, BetMGM, industry leader as far as betting, redeemable for online bonuses. You can convert them into comps. Or if you're in town or anywhere, MGM Resorts nationwide, use your rewards. So every time you bet through MGM, uh, betmgm.com or the MGM app, uh, you're going to get points. So it's a great loyalty program. Got to be 21 years or older, 1-800-GAMBLER if you do have an issue. Jack Nicholson, 85 today. Michael Lombardi, we were just having the debate in studio. Obviously one of the all-time greats. And by the way, a ride-or-die Laker fan. A legit Laker fan. Jack Nicholson, best movie he's been in. The floor is yours. Best movie, Nicholson. I mean, A Few Good Men is incredible. We didn't uh, even say that one. That's Goulet. You know, that sounds like Goulet's favorite now, too. I said, yeah, <laughs> I said I mean, a rom-com. Remember As Good As It Gets? I said low-key. But apparently it was nominated I mean, for an Oscar. I, I mean, I loved, I loved him in Departed, too. He was great in Departed. 
You know, I mean, I think he's great in every. I mean, it's like one of those when he comes on the screen, you're like, man, this is really good. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's like you feel like you feel like really comfortable, and you feel like he whatever they've given. I mean, as the as the he was a great joker. He was a great joker. That's a great point. Chinatown was great. Irreverent. Yeah, I mean, what what was the the one with he was in starting his career off? I mean, with uh, Easy Rider, Cardinal Knowledge with Anne Margaret, Easy Rider. I mean, some of those are just incredible. Yeah, it worked out. He did Shining. We were just talking about the Stephen King great r- remake. Great one there. You know, I mean, the, he has moment. You know, he's like you know, like I said to. Uh, um, uh, you know, this uh, producer, I said, you know, you, you produce movies that you can't change the channel. Uh, Ivan Reitman, I said that to him when he was directing uh, uh, Draft Day. I'm like, you, you have movies, you, it's imp- Nicholson's the same thing. He has movies you don't want to change the channel on. I mean, as good he as he might it be gets, the goat. I mean, he might be, now I mean, that you're talking about I mean, it. now that you say that, I, I mean, I think his portrayal of, of Melvin Udall was incredible. Was incredible. He might be the goat. Thinking about it now. Yeah. And he and he could he had such you know he could play right he had a right and a left handed game too he wasn't just going to go he wasn't Stacy King always going to his left. Also, I read this, but he and he wasn't a matinee type look, you know. But he kind of he just he created his own. Niche. He created coolness. Yeah, he created, yeah, he coolness. created coolness. Yeah, I think you're right. By the way, just a casual, um, big time from you talking about dining with famous producers. That was random. I wasn't. I wasn't dining with them. So he's in the Browns facility. There, there. Him, Kevin Costner, Jen, Jennifer uh, Gardner, and and all everybody's there. They're filming Draft Day. They no were kidding. using our facility. Yeah, they used it in thirteen. Yeah. So he comes walking in my office one day, and they introduce him to me. And I'm like, Yeah. I mean, I know. And then I start asking him questions about, like, it, you know, in Stripes, where he's on that bridge. You just don't know. Like every time I see a movie, I always feel like I know the town because I've been there, you know, like, cause you scout so much, you travel, you feel like you've been there and I could never figure out where that bridge was. And then I asked him and he told me. And so we moved on. Shout, shout to Jennifer Gardner. He I, told me this. Yes. He told me this, that they filmed the animal house. They filmed the animal house parade scene in a little town near Eugene. And they did it in one day in under five hours. Worked out. Worked out well. When I think of Jennifer Gardner, I think of the read I have to do for the loyalty program because the credit card. <laughs> you know, she's always in those credit card commercials. She's uh, great in those. She's great in those. Yes, yeah, she and, pops. And you know what she comes across as? I mean, I didn't <laughs> I know. I didn't know she was there, but she's so genuine. She yeah. seems genuine, and she was that when she was on. Like she really wanted to learn about the salary cap. Like this knowledge is going to do you no good. Like it's going to do you no. Once she, you wait, leave Jennifer this Gardner building, was over. asking you about the salary cap when she was filming. She was the asking movie? about the salary cap. She wanted to learn about it so she could talk with authority about it during the movie. I was always Team Jen as opposed to Ben Affleck with that drama. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you do. I don't see sides. I'm Switzerland. I don't know. I know. I know. Uh, Bucks Bulls. Do you think two and a half with the Middleton injury? Middleton injury. And the reason I bring it up is because it's not, he is their second leading scorer at over twenty per. But his biggest impact is defensively. He's a six-seven wing. You know, you have to stop Levine. You obviously have to stop DeRozan, and they're going to miss a lot without Middleton defensively. No doubt. I mean, look, that DeRozan had you know scored forty-one on the other night. Didn't make a three. I mean, that's the one thing about, you know, when you get behind in games like, like the Minnesota, like Memphis did, you need Bain making those threes to get you, you know, you're catching up quicker. 
and and DeRozan, I mean, 41 without shoot without making a three-pointer is remarkable. So a lot of volume, and Vucevic played really well. My sense of this is I think there's another level Giannis is going to get to, and I don't think Holiday is going to turn the ball over six times. I don't think he's going to make that many mistakes, and I think Holiday will pick up the slack. The problem is, is the bench. Is Bobby, Port- is Bobby Portis going to play? Because if Portis you don't have Portis and you don't have – I, I, I lean towards taking Milwaukee here. I, I lean under, and I'll tell you why, but you're right about, first off, Holiday's going to have to step up. Connaughton, Portis, even Grayson Allen. They're going to have to make up for Middleton's impact. Middleton was great in the postseason last year. He's turned into a hell of a player. They were 7-9 and nine without him this year. Okay. Yeah, can I ask you a question? Yes, sir. Where was Middleton drafted, do you know? Mike, he was drafted late in the first round. I think he was a second, and I think he got thrown into a deal. He got th- he was in Detroit. Was he a second rounder? Got, Middleton. He got he got thrown into a deal. I'm trying to think. He now. got th- thrown into a deal with. Uh, uh, it, I forget who the trade was with, but he just kind of he was the 39th pick overall in the draft. You yeah, can't get rounder. players in the second round, Patrick. Just another confirmation. You just can't do it. You can't get it. He was at A&M, and he got thrown into a deal. I forget who was the trade, but he was selected then, and yep. he was playing in the developmental league because God knows why would we be anything in the developmental league. We can't do anything. And he got traded. Oh, I know who he got traded for. Remember that kid Brandon Jennings, that sensational of course, high the lefty. school player? Yeah, the lefty. He was in that deal. Brandon Jennings, who went overseas. Remember, he skipped everything, went overseas for a year, and then came back. Yeah, I came back, and he was a first-round pick because that's what you have to have to get a good player. Meanwhile, we shipped Middleton, who's a second-round player, who's not a good player, and we do that because you can't get good players in the second round. It's a waste of time. You just. Uh, take a well, look at that, this. is part of the. This is why the NBA has this developmental league because it does take time to develop talent. I hear you. Take a look at the uh, total. I think it's a little too high. Two, two teams basically scoring a point per possession. Remember, the Bulls were awesome in game two, and the total ended up 224 as far as the game total. So 223.5. It has dropped to 222.5. First off, that arena is going to be insane tonight. It is like the Bulls, there's going to be juice, and no Middleton, I mentioned, the second leading scorer. Um, I, I don't think it's going to be a shootout. I, I, one point per possession. Offensives, offensively, these two teams haven't been ridiculously efficient, including the Bucks, who have turned the ball over at an excessive rate. I like the under here, two twenty-two and a half. You can find I do too. Two, two, you know, I'm with you on that. I do. I just have a hard time. I think there's an uh, there's oftentimes there's a little bit of a letdown that teams have. They don't have Middleton. We should win. When the other team, which is a champion, has the heart of a champion, and they fight back. Yeah. No, it's well said. Now, how about the series price shifted from, obviously, the Suns' overwhelming favorites. They're now to minus 300. The Pelicans coming back the other way, plus 240. There is a question as we set up this number. The Suns open one. They've been bet up to two. I, I don't – Cam Johnson's going to have to step up in Booker's absence. Yeah. But, but this isn't – they're not going to feel Booker's absence. They're going to come in and play. I think they're going to play as well as they've ever played. I think they're a veteran team with a veteran coach. They know how to play. I'm all over Phoenix in this one. I think this line being as tight as it is is really ridiculous. It's too much. You know, yeah, they're going to miss Booker, but they're going to – Missing Booker will allow them to refocus and really take shape. I, I like Phoenix here. Uh, I like Phoenix a lot here, frankly. And I, and I think that they'll play. And I think everybody else, I think it's the next series they're going to feel the effect of Booker not playing. And they're better defensively without Booker. We were just discussing that a little bit earlier. I also wonder Ingram, who was 
exemplary. And I mean, 37 in game two, he's awesome in that second half. He, he rolled his ankle and you could tell he was noticeably in pain. Uh, obviously he's had time for treatment, but if that lingers a little bit here, I agree with you. I think the Suns are the better team and they're undervalued almost like last night. This is the exact number golden state was laying last night. It, yep. And and I just feel like superior team on a short price like this. It something's I, I you got to take them. I mean, yeah. the Suns didn't win all those games this year because they're not good, and they'll overcome the end. I mean, they can manage it for a game too. But when they the level of comp increases, I think Ingram's great. I really do. But I, I just to me, I think this Phoenix team has got such great resolve to it, and they've got you know they they they've won too many games. Paul will score five. Everybody else will contribute. And I think they'll make it up. I think this line's way too short. I really do. I think you're falling into a trap thinking the Pelicans are going to come out and play. I know they're playing home, all that. Ain't going to bother. I don't think it's going to bother Phoenix. I know the money's all on Phoenix, and it should be. Can't disagree. Have you ever thought about writing a book after this book wraps up on just the second round in NBA drafts? It's a big market. (laughs) I mean, well, I I would be wasting my time. There's no players. Once you get past five, you're wasting your time. I don't know why Jay Billis stays on set all day long. I mean, go home, Jay. It's done. The draft's over after five. Go home. We're done. Where's Jay Wright going to coach next? Because he's 60. He's I don't think he is. I really don't. Are you serious? I don't think he is. I think he's been planning this. You know, when he sold his house at Ocean City last year, I thought something was up. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Work. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo. Play.